Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. What is going on? Thanks for tuning in to another edition of another Dolphins Podcast. I hope everyone is having an awesome Labor Day weekend. And as we always say, we are in here doing the podcast so you guys can be out there enjoying the weather. Thanks for tuning in. It's a, it's a pretty big week, I'd say, Mr. Joshua Houts. The Dolphins begin the 2023 NFL season, so we thought it'd be a good idea to get together. And who are the five players on the Chargers when you're sitting there on Tuesday morning? Or do you want to be stewing about as you prepare for Sunday's game? So, Josh, today we are going through the five best players on the Chargers. But before we get into that, how's your weekend, my friend? It's going good, man. Been hanging out with the family, and like you said, last one without Dolphins football. I don't know about you, but I got to enjoy some college football yesterday. Had the baby nap and watching TCU versus Colorado. Incredible game, and then last night, I got to watch Penn State and West Virginia, so been watching a ton of college football, but uh, things are getting real, man, so I'm excited that we're on here talking podcasts, talking about some of the Chargers, you know, quote-unquote elite players, so I'm doing well, Jake. How have you been? Dude, I was going to ask you about that Penn State game. I was watching that, too. That was a team that was not messing around. And, uh, yeah, it, it's a nice – living up in the Northeast, you really don't get too much of a college football feel. It, it's really hard to kind of stick with a team. But I got to say, it, it is a nice little taste, the, being able to kind of just dive in, dip your toes in. I'm pretty excited for next weekend, Josh. I don't want to sound too stupid here, but do you have a lot of uh, cideries near where you are? Say it again. Did you say cider? Cideries, yeah, places that make cider. Oh, I didn't know that's what they call it. It's a fancy name for cider. Um, Yeah, they lots of places around here make cider. Just don't drink too much of that. I, I don't know if you ever did that. I still remember back in fifth grade drinking way too much cider. Bad news bears. Yeah, I had the poops. <laughs> but see, this one's a little different. And if, it, if fifth grade you knew anything about this, there's a, hard, there's a cidery around here. It's called Hilltop Orchard. They make this hard cider that's 20% alcohol. And you just put it with that's some Sprite, dude. You put that's it with amazing. some Sprite. Oh my! So that's going to be my Sunday next week, and I can't wait because we're thinking about doing our recap pod Sunday night. We're going to try to muscle through it and be on here Sunday night to give some initial reaction about the game. So I can't wait to tell you about how that was. I'm excited about it. Fall up here, it's real artsy-fartsy in the Berkshires. You get the leaves changing, but I'm getting ready for that. Josh, let's get into it. The first player on our list about the Chargers, it's a name you like quite a bit, I'm pretty sure, and that's Safety Derwin James. Yeah, this is a guy that a lot of Dolphin fans studied, you know, back in the Minka Fitzpatrick draft. I mean, everyone was kind of torn. Is it Minka? Is it Derwin James? Yeah, both do different things. Derwin James kind of reminds you a little bit of what Jalen Ramsey would have brought to the Dolphins, right? He's 
he's a safety quote unquote, but the way he comes down can play in, in the slot can come down and play in the box. Derwood James is definitely an X factor. So um, definitely one of the chargers best players and definitely a guy we got to keep an eye on and see the way they match up against some of these Miami dolphin weapons. Cause um, I don't think a tight end's really striking fear in them. So who do they have Derwin James on? Is he taking on Jalen Waddle, maybe Braxton Berrios in the slot, a, a running back out of the backfield. We'll have to see the way the chargers game plan for that Miami dolphins offense, but Derwin James is an absolute stud. Um, what do I have written down here? Every year healthy, has over 100 tackles, so absolute stud and um, one of the Chargers' best players. So keep an eye 2021, out. 2021, first-team All-Pro. Uh, yeah, it was really him versus Minka Fitzpatrick in the first round of the 2018 NFL draft. And for there are some situations where I think everyone can kind of agree there wasn't a wrong pick. If you got Minka, if you got Derwin, I think you're probably pretty happy. Um, they do things a little differently. And where Derwin James really shines is as a pass rushing safety, right? He kind of has that Rashad Jones to him where he's going to get to the quarterback. He's going to lay some hard hits. Um, he's solid in coverage, solid against the run. He had 75 tackles last year. Josh mentioned it. He was a little injured. Uh, 27 run stops, just 13 missed tackles. He didn't play when the Dolphins faced the Chargers last year, Joshua. So I do want to ask you, could Miami take advantage of the fact that you see someone like Derwin James and, you know, he plays 40% of his snaps inside the box. I mentioned it. He loves to be uh, one of those blitzing safeties. So how can the Dolphins really take advantage of that? When you mention it, you can't really say there's a tight end to kind of take up all his energy. Maybe they use Alec Ingold, right? Maybe they got Ingold oh. coming out and, you know, doing things there. So that would be my, you know, maybe guess. I, I don't know. You got to find a guy that can take out Derwin James. Cause again, he's an X factor, regardless of where he lines up in that Los Angeles Chargers defense. So um, definitely intrigued to see the way that matchup goes, because like you mentioned, he wasn't um, with the Chargers last season when the Dolphins and Chargers met in that 23-17 loss that I'm sure we'll talk about throughout the podcast. But Derwin James is a stud, one of the best players in that defense. So keep an eye out for him. Another guy to keep an eye out for. And um, Jake, I have to laugh. I only read over your little rundown right before I came on here, but um, we're talking about Austin Eckler now. And you have written down Miles Gaskin here. I'll let you break down Austin Eckler, but I actually did a graphic where I put he was just uh, Miles Gaskin with bald with a bald head. I basically put that that's all Austin Eckler was was Miles Gaskin, a poor man's a uh, a uh, uh, rich man's Miles Gaskin with a bald head. So I, I thought that was hilarious that you also had a comparison to Miles Gaskin. Yeah, he's Miles Gaskin. If you bought the battle pass, right? If you were just like a little step ahead of everyone else, you paid for the uh, VIP access here. He is someone. He had 18 total touchdowns last year, 20 the year before. Um, he averaged 4.5 yards per rush on over 200 attempts, and he had over 100 receptions last season. Josh, the only way if you carry the ball 200 times and you catch it another 100 is if you are the model of consistency, and that's why I kind of compared him there to Miles Gaskin, right? Because he does a bit of everything. And let's say Miles Gaskin does everything thing at let's say a 78 level Eckler is like I said up the battle pass give a little 10% on top of everything and you have this just well-rounded really clean running back however Josh uh, the Dolphins were great against the run last year Eckler did not play too well he actually had just 15 carries for 45 yards and then eight receptions on eight targets for 59 yards I think the most frustrating thing about the game last year it was just dink and dunked to death it was like watching 2006 Tom Brady it was just a real frustrating day for the Dolphins. Yeah, and if they want to win this game, they got to account for Eckler. You mentioned eight targets. I mean, holy crap, dude. That's a, that's a lot of targets for uh, your running back to get there. And then to think that, you know, who's covering him, right? Jerome Baker potentially out of the backfield. Um, David Long Jr. is a guy that could take on those running backs. And then maybe you even line up a corner there. So um, 
definitely got to count for Austin Eckler. And I think we can both agree that the Miles Gaskin thing, you know, is kind of a joke because Austin Eckler is easily a top five running yeah. back, a guy that the Chargers, I don't think they truly understand how um, how good of a back he is, right? I mean, they're sitting here talking about they're conflicted whether they need to pay him long term. There were trade rumors there. So um, one of their best offensive weapons and a guy that they target, like you mentioned, they give them the carries and they target him in the passing game. I have written down back-to-back 900-yard seasons on the ground. And then, like you mentioned, combined 1,300 yards receiving uh, over 25 touchdowns. So this is just a touchdown machine and a guy that um, if the Dolphins don't find a way to stop him could, uh, you know, be the difference between this being a win or a loss. And I think if the Dolphins were to lose this game, I mean, we can all sit here and I don't want to talk negatively, but I mean, the Chargers are a damn good football team. I mean, this is, um, you know, almost a playoff matchup, right, Jake? Week one of the season, you got to a turn of a low versus Justin Herbert in what's basically a playoff matchup. So um, it's going to be tough, guys, going to be tough for sure. And accounting for Austin Eckler is definitely the fir- one of the first things you want to do when you're attacking that offense. Looking, um, you know, football is not a 1v1 sport, but Josh, who do you see matches up better against Austin Eckler, someone like David Long Jr. or someone like Jerome Baker? Yeah, I'm going to think David Long Jr. I mean, we've only seen him based on, you know, a small sample size, right, Jake? I mean, we've seen Jerome Baker in coverage. He's solid, better than what you expect. But I feel like David Long Jr. is at next level. I just don't know that we've yet to see it in Miami. So I'm basing that basically off of what I've seen with him in Tennessee. And then I guess it depends on how healthy he is. Duke Riley's another guy that's pretty solid in coverage, right, that they could use in that role. But all of those sound like mismatches if you got Austin Eckler lined up, you know, 1v1 on either of those, any of those guys. Flipping back to the defensive side of the football, Joey Bosa, pass rusher, he played just five games last season. Uh, First three games of the season, the last two, that means obviously he didn't play when the Dolphins and Chargers met up. Uh, He had at least two two QB hits in three of his five games played. Josh, how do the Dolphins slow down the former 2021 Pro Bowler? Especially, you can't really talk about Joey Bosa if you don't add, hey, by the way, Khalil Mack is, you know, rushing from the other, other side. Yeah, I don't know. if um, Shame on me. I kind of overlooked Khalil Mack until I was reading, like I said, over your rundown. And I saw it at the end. It was like an honorable mention or whatever. Khalil Mack. And I'm like, wow, they, I forgot they got Khalil Mack opposite of Joey Bosa. So uh, when you think about, you know, Teron Armstead's a little bit banged up, right? You got Austin Jackson at right tackle. Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, man, that's a little bit terrifying, especially when you um, you want to see Tua stay upright and, and make it through this game, right? I mean, those are two of the best pass rushers. And all of football, I got written down, Joey Bosa has 10 sacks and four of his first seven seasons. So, I mean, this dude is an absolute stud. Jackson looking slimmer, meaner, um, can hold up there. And then you hope to Ron Armstead's healthy enough to take him Khalil Mack because we know the way Brandon Staley draws those things up. He'll be, you know, moving those guys around and smelling blood in the water. So Joey Bose is a stud, man. And it's going to be, uh, what it forged by fire, you know, death by fire. What I say, Jake, that's basically Breath what's happening. I think even. Yeah. Austin Jackson, Teron Armstead. I mean, Teron Armstead has been there before, but Austin Jackson, Forged by fire Sunday, four o'clock. Yeah, so it's it's kind of tough sailing when you consider that we just named two of the best five players on the Chargers, two guys on the defense, and neither of them played as the Chargers defense really kind of laid out the blueprint on how to stop this Dolphins offense. Um, Josh, looking at this week one, I I think the the key, you know, you consider Derwin James, right? He's going to be in the box 40% of the time. Joey Bosa, this very aggressive edge rusher. Clear Mack is better against the run. But again, these are guys who are going to be super aggressive, try to get to the quarterback. They're going to congest the middle of the field. It's Brandon Staley defense. Raheem Mostert, man, and this stretch zone offense, what they've been practicing all preseason, it's going to be no mistake that this 
defense did a great job of containing Miami's pass attack last year. Don't be surprised if they really lean on Raheem Mostert. They attack, maybe try to flush out someone like Derwin James and just try to run the football in a bunch of different ways that can kind of uh, ease up the middle of the field and eventually you can start dinking and dunking, attacking those linebackers. But early on, it's really going to be up to this run game to get things moving, at least I feel. Yeah, and let's see if Mike McDaniel's honest, right? He said he wanted to commit more and show that he wasn't going to, you know, abandon it when it worked or when they needed it. So, um, yeah, we all have nightmares about that game last season. Again, uh, 23-17 loss. I think Tua went, what, 10-28 for 145 yards and one touchdown. It was the first time this offense truly seemed figured out, right? And then I believe it was the week after they played the 49ers. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jake. And it was much of the same. I mean, the way they kind of took away those quick and passes over the middle and, they forced Miami to beat them in other ways, and they just weren't up to it. So, yeah, man, run that ball. Give it to Raheem Mostert. Maybe we see Chris Brooks. I forget who tweeted that. I was just scrolling the timeline. I saw him jokingly say that uh, this is that game where you got to give Chris Brooks like 20 touches or whatever and uh, stick to the run game in that aspect. So uh, we'll see, man. But we mentioned that. I mean, they two got really good corners as well. I know you had written down J.C. Jackson as an honorable mention, but Asante Samuel Jr. as well. I mean, mm-hmm. those are two guys that when He got you cooked, added, though, in the postseason last yeah. year. Absolute stir fry. They get cooked, and that's what we're expecting, right? Jalen Waddle healthy, hopefully. Tyree Kill being Tyree Kill. So um, this is, again, a marquee heavyweight matchup week one of the season, and um, I'm going to feel a little bit anxious sitting there right through those week uh, first 1 p.m. games where, yes, it's nice to be able to sit there and keep track of your fantasy football team, but when we waited this long for the Miami Dolphins football and to see this team out there on the field, I mean, that's going to be a long-ass wait, and then to have it against the Chargers, like we're mentioning all these great players it's going to be a wrestlemania matchup for real it's like saying you you um you're having your birthday party at a water park but you got to go to jimmy's down the street at a bowling alley first you just know like all right cool this is going to be fun we'll have a good time but let, let's be honest here i'm ready to do some flips down the slide i'm ready to have a good time the last two guys on our list josh are on the offensive side of the football first this is one of my favorite fantasy football guys ever and that's keenan allen you could we could argue for hours Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. I went with my bias here. I think Keenan Allen's the better receiver of the two. He is an absolute stud in the slot. He had 12 receptions on 14 targets for 92 yards against the Dolphins last year. It was that wonderful dink and dunk offense that just kind of ripped the Dolphins apart. He missed seven games last year, but he did, like I say, play against the Dolphins. Josh, how did the Dolphins slow down Keenan Allen considering their injuries in the secondary? Yeah, and we don't like to really move Xavier Howard around, right? So, you know, it all depends on when they those two match up across from each other. So um, I'm love that you gave him a shout-out, Jake. I mean, this is one of my favorite fantasy players as well. I know early on he battled injury throughout his career, but he has just been the epitome of consistency, and he is gets overlooked at times when you talk about some of the best wide receivers in football. So hopefully Xavier Howard can shut him down. You know, whoever's opposite of Xavier Howard, Eli Apple, Cater Kohu, if he's not playing in the slot, whoever that might be, um, they, bo- they both are going to have their hands full, right? Because you mentioned Mike Williams. Last time these two teams played, Mike Williams had over 100 yards receiving. I believe he had a touchdown as well, and he was that difference maker. He was that leading receiver for the Chargers in that game. So um, I don't know how the Dolphins match up against this. I mean, we talked about how depth, deep this secondary was, but they generally Ramsey went down. Still don't have Nick Needham and some of those other guys back. So it's going to be a hell of a contest. And then you throw in the rookie from TCU, right? Quentin Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, another pass catcher. And I had written down Gerald Everett as one of these guys as a key player because we still don't have that guy that can truly, at least from our standpoint, cover these tight ends, right? We used to rely on Eric Rowe in these situations. He's a free yes, agent. You- 
Yeah, yeah, he is. You're right. Yes, we could rely on Javon Holland maybe in those instances, and maybe you um, line X up if you have to at some point, I guess, in some of those situations. But Gerald Everett's a big-bodied guy that they need to find a way to shut down as well. So Justin Herbert's got to be licking his chops, right, at this receiving core that he has and all these weapons because um, for as good as the Dolphins' defense is, I mean, that Chargers' offense is no slouch. Josh, you just mentioned him. The last player we have to talk about here on the Chargers is Justin Herbert. The big thing, Josh, the biggest question going into this year and watching the Chargers last year, the offense was not scary. It was a lot of pass attempts for little yards. It was that Drew Brees, dink and dunk, we'll get to the end zone eventually type. But Justin Herbert, he is going from offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi to former Dallas OC Kellen Moore. Josh, what can we expect from the cliche that everybody's saying that the Chargers are just going to throw the ball farther downfield this year? Yeah, I don't know. I think hopefully this is going to, and I say hopefully because I, I mean, I'm a fan of Justin Herbert, but when it comes to this game, when it comes to, you know, the AFC matchups, yeah, then I'm, I'm not in favor of my, then I root for those late interceptions that we always see, but I think this is going to open things up for Justin Herbert. I think um, Kellen Moore, you know, he wants to go out there and prove that he can be um, his own play caller, right? I think he kind of got scapegoated there in Dallas. So um, we'll see what he can do with Justin Herbert, but Herbert, man, he's a guy who just, um, what best three, three seasons ever. I think he surpassed Andrew Luck. I've written down here 14,000 yards, 94 touchdowns. I mean, I, yeah. And I remember seeing Dan Marino play football and I know Dolphin fans are going to hate me for saying this, but I continue to say it. I mean, this guy does look like the closest thing that we've seen since him. I mean, he has that rocket launcher arm. He can just do things that other quarterbacks can't. So I'm excited to see the way this one plays out because, you know, for all those great things I said about Herbert, he doesn't win in big games, right? I mean, that's kind of the knock against him. And I still believe Tua Tungavaloa is the right quarterback for what the Dolphins offense is trying to do. So Tua versus Justin Herbert, this is what, their third matchup, kind of the rubber match. I think Tua won his rookie year. Justin Herbert went out there and cut his hair after that one because the defense had him in shambles. And then uh, last season, you know, Tua, they kind of figured him out a little bit. So Matchup number three, we know these two guys are probably going to be going toe-to-toe against each other for many years, so let's see the way it plays out. But Justin Herbert's a hell of a quarterback, and um, I-, I root for him when he's not playing the Dolphins. Yeah, so his best season as a sophomore, you touched on it there, 38 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, and 5,000 passing yards. 15 interceptions, Joshua. And then, you know, people like to suggest last year was his worst season. That's why they let go of offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi. His worst season, Josh, 4,738 yards, 25 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. So his worst season included five less interceptions than his best season. You sprinkle on the fact that Kellen Moore coming in as offensive coordinator, you know why he was let go in Dallas? Because Dak Prescott had 17 interceptions. That's off the top of my head, but Dak Prescott had a bunch of interceptions. So to me, yes, this offense is going to be crazy for volume. It's going to be highly explosive, but there's going to be opportunities. And Vic Bangio's defense is built on taking advantage of opportunities. Man, it would be awesome to have Jalen Ramsey here, but I'm very excited to see how they kind of attack this offense when you have someone like Javon Holland who could line up maybe Gerald Everett, maybe on Keenan Allen. But every time you put him in one spot, that opens up another situation. So, Josh, who could really step up and be that guy to take advantage of maybe a popped-up ball, maybe a deflection, um, when Justin Herbert's airing it out a little bit more, creating those opportunities downfield? Are you trying to give you give you a name of who I think should get a pick in this one? Is that yeah, let me get it. Let the, who, who am I putting a bat on? I'm going, I'm going with X, right? I mean, this is just who he is. And, and I mean, he doesn't have those two hurt hammies. I was going to go with X or Javon Holland would be the other cliche. I was even thinking Deshaun Elliott. So I'm throwing three names out there, but I'm going to go with Xavier Howard because 
that's just what Xavier Howard does. You know, he's an opportunistic guy, and I think the Dolphins' defense, we need those takeaways, right? We took, kind of took advantage of them or uh, took them for granted back in the Brian Flores era, that one season where we were just every game having a takeaway here and there, and it just came um, at will, you know? So hopefully we get back on page there, and Xavier Howard's my – I'm putting my money on him. Who do you got? I kind of like a – like. I want to say Andrew Van Ginkel or go wild like Bradley Chubb. I'm going to, I'm going to say something a little crazy where somebody just kind of sprints out of nowhere. Um, I, I think that's what it's going to boil down to, but man, this is going to be such a fun game. And uh, there's a tweet and I've used it to reference, I've referenced it in other pods, but it's guys can just sit around and name baseball players for hours and be happy. Um, we could just do that for the chargers, man. When you talk about guys on this team, center Corey Lindsley's awesome left tackle or Sean Slater is awesome. Other dudes, J.C. Jackson, Cleo Mack, Eric Kendricks. The one thing I will say, Josh, when you look at this roster, especially on defense, they kind of look like that 2013 Miami Dolphins where they're putting together some good things, but you have an older Eric Kendricks, J.C. Jackson a year older. Cleo Mack, he's on that contract after the big contract. How long can he stand up? You do wonder if you can take advantage if these guys look the same entering a new season. Yeah, and it's funny because I just saw a quote when I was getting ready to do this pod with you that Joey Bosa was saying, you know, he wants to win now. Like, they're in win-now mode. None of this, no more of this, you know, uh, you know, wild card appearances and things like that. So they're hungry, man. So you're right. It does kind of get that feeling, and um, uh, I'm just ecstatic to see how the Dolphins measure up to this team. So um, they got to bring their A game, right? I can imagine how many sleepless nights Mike McDaniel had thinking about this matchup with Brandon Staley, right? I mean, th- these two guys are um, – the, the way Brand Staley game plan for Mike McDaniel's offense. The fact that I believe Vic Fangio has so much, um, you know, say over that Brandon Staley defense. I think that he was coached under him. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's a similar defense there, Jake. And the fact that Vic Fangio might know some of the, the ways to attack it. Uh, I'm intrigued to see the way this whole thing plays out. And the fact that we're what literally seven days away, man, uh, football's here and it just feels great. And that Vic Fangio contract, right? Your, your salary cap is only so high. Every team has the same salary cap. There's no salary cap on the coaching staff. The Dolphins are certainly hoping that paying some like defensive coordinator Vic Fangio is a difference maker, and this is going to be a first great test, a first revenge game. So we'll obviously be hyping that up throughout the week. But thank you guys all for tuning in. Like I said at the top, I hope everyone's having a wonderful weekend. If you have any time in the world, please hit that subscribe button. Leave a review. That stuff helps others always find the show. But until next time, thank you all so much for joining us. And most importantly, fins up. Fins up.